Welcome to McCreary Broadcasting Podcast. Nathan McCreary and joined by Barkley Miller as Barkley. It is week number two for Kennesaw State football, and it's a big one. Georgia Tech coming uh, on their schedule. Kennesaw State heading down to Bobby Dodd. Just uh, exciting time for Owl football. Yeah, Nathan, absolutely. Um, I appreciate you having me on again this week. This seems to be a weekly thing, which is exciting for me uh, talking football with you especially Kennesaw State football. And, yeah, you're right. This is a huge week for Kennesaw State. This is probably, in my opinion, excluding big FCS games, the biggest game that they've ever played. Um, You know, this is a real chance for Kennesaw to show that they can compete at the FBS level with a big ACC team like Georgia Tech. Um, And I don't know about you, Nathan, but I think kind of like Reinhardt going into Kennesaw last week, this is kind of like the, the roles are reversed. Kennesaw mm-hmm. going into Georgia Tech has a chance to cause the upset. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, I think you're exactly right. Reinhardt came in, and I, although I thought Kennesaw State pretty much dominated that game, the score wasn't really indicative. You had the big special teams play with a 15-yard face mask penalty put Reinhardt in a position to score, and then you had the 80-yard run by Billy Hall in the second half. Otherwise, I think Kennesaw State was pretty dominant. Um I, I mean, I, but Reinhardt was there, and I think they can hang the hat on only losing to a, a big FCS, a ranked FCS opponent by 10 points. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and those, those kids definitely came out and showed that they were there to play and that they can compete on a higher level than, you know, the NAI level they do compete on. Now, that being said, like you said, a big ranked opponent at Kennesaw State, that wasn't just some scrub NAI team. I mean, that is a top 10 Reinhardt team who – has made it to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and quarterfinals the past three years of the yeah. NAIA playoffs. So definitely um, no scrubs coming in there. And, yeah, same thing, though. Kennesaw State, it's a little different because they are more of a top-tier FCS program in the eyes of the voters and everybody else. Going into an ACC team in Georgia Tech that has been down the past few years, not to not be expected, though, with them going away from triple option, trying to go to more of a spread look, it, that's something that's going to take years and it's going to be very hard to do. Yeah, Georgia Tech is coming off of a loss, uh, a tough loss to Northern Illinois, and uh, a lot of people didn't see that coming. They thought Georgia Tech with head coach Jeff Collins was on the upswing. A lot of fans were really excited about what's happening there. Um, let's hear from Jeff Collins real quick about uh, the the game from last Saturday. That one hurt, and uh, there's a lot of guys that played really really hard in that locker room, and you know I would to them to make sure I'm around them, uh, make sure how much we appreciate them, love them, and uh, appreciate how hard they fought and how hard they played. Uh, hats off to Northern Illinois. Uh, played a really good football game. Barkley sounds like he's saying everything you want a head coach to say after a really tough loss. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. And I'll tell you what, one thing about Coach is, is he he does a really good job at with the media, speaking to the media, and he's done a great job with Georgia Tech's branding, mm-hmm. changing the branding. You know, they have all the 401 stuff, all the Waffle House stuff, New Jersey's. They went away from Russell. Um, I think he's done a great job at that, and he's acquired recruits now just – as a football fan, looking for almost Georgia Tech to take that next step and be 
and and show that product on the field, something that they've struggled doing. Yeah, and the product on the field, if you look at statistics, you don't know, I don't know how Georgia Tech lost that game. I mean, I, they got in the red zone and didn't score. They missed three field goals. Here's Jeff Collins on the story of the game. Story of the game, and I just told the team this. First half, we crossed the 50, I think, almost every time. First quarter, got to come away with points, uh, got to finish. And then defensively, uh, I think, Mike said there was four offensive series where they were able to gain a first down. But three of those ended up with scores. Um, and I thought, you know, the, the last drive, I uh, have to find a way to get a stop uh, in a two-minute situation. So coming out and just highlighting the positives of what they did, but understanding you got to score in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, you do, and that's something that Georgia Tech definitely did not capitalize on in that game against Northern Illinois. And a lot of that, in my opinion, had to do with quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Coach Sims was saying, you know, they, they, they did a good job of getting across the 50, getting in the red zone, not pushing in. But whenever they had Jeff Sims in at quarterback, he just – he struggled, Nathan. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't look comfortable to me in the offense. He, he struggled – getting completions, I think he was like three for eight, three for ten, something like that. Um, not not great statistics, and he didn't do a great job with his legs either. Yeah. Um, but then he got hurt, you know, later in the game they brought in the Yates kid, um, and, and that kid played lights out, in my opinion. That definitely kind of flipped a switch and brought Georgia Tech back in this game. I think they were down like 14 to seven mm-hmm. and a half. Yep. Um, and yeah, Yates came in fourth quarter and put up 14 by himself. Well, not by himself. The team played really sure. well, but it, it was almost like it was just a spark plug put into the offense. Yeah. Jeff Sims went four for nine, uh, did not have an interception, but he only ran, uh, 42 yards on six carries. And that's a big part of their offense. Jordan Yates comes in 12 for 18, uh, 66, uh, 67, basically percent. Uh, passing percentage, 135 yards and a touchdown. But it sounds like Jeff Sims is going to be the starting quarterback. And I think the fan base just wants some consistency in what's going on there at Georgia Tech. And you got, I think you got to buy into one guy. And that's okay if you're buying into Jeff Sims, but he's got to perform. Yeah. Yeah. He has to produce the, I don't know if you remember, it was like the late 2000s, 08, 09, the two quarterback system kind of blew up in college football, right? Everybody was running it. LSU, um, Alabama never really ran it, but Ohio State, there were were a bunch of schools that the quote-unquote two-quarterback system. And and in my opinion, it it doesn't really work. Like you said, it doesn't lend you that consistency. You you always have a guy that's better at one thing, so whenever he comes into the game, defensive coordinators are able to game plan primarily towards either that's a running quarterback, that's more of a pocket guy, and and that can hurt you pretty bad. Um, So I – I agree. I, I think some consistency is good, but Sims is going to have to produce on Saturday because he, they're not going up against a team that they can just walk all over in Kennesaw State, especially the defense, which is arguably the best part of this Kennesaw State football team. Yeah, and uh, go ahead and turn our focus to what Kennesaw State did last Thursday. They did play Reinhardt 35-25. to Wasn't as close as the, as the score presented itself, but here is Coach Bohannon talking about Thursday night's game. I talked to the team on Friday about, you know, uh, a little bit about Thursday and what we wanted to do moving forward. And, you know, I, we did not play well. We did not coach well. We, we did not do a lot of things that that uh, we're capable of doing here. 
And I said, the goal's going to be, you know, the, how much improvement we can make from game one to game two. And, and I think good football teams make a, 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 a leap, you know, from game one to game two of the things they got to do to be what they want to be for the, for the long haul. Coach Bohannon never satisfied, obviously, but there is that, that, that uh, belief. Game one to game two, there's a huge growth for your football team. What have you experienced in that? Yeah, I think that throughout the course of the season, that's probably the biggest jump, unless you're dealing with a really young team. With a really young team, which this Kennesaw State team is an odd bag. It's got some really veteran – they have some very veteran players, some almost six-year guys like Peyton Moore and Travis Bell who feel like they've been there forever. Um, But then you have some new faces and some young guys like like Farrow – like Mike, Mike, I mean, that, that's – and they're they're going to have to be playmakers for you. So, it, it's funny. Like I said, it, the jump for a mature team from game one to game two is the biggest of the season. But whenever you're dealing with a, with a younger team, it's almost like game four to game five mm-hmm. is where you see a big jump. So, I'm curious to see if these these older leaders can kind of drag the younger kids along and, and help them with the production, especially – now they've gotten some big-time college snaps on that Thursday night game against Reinhardt. So Jonathan Murphy got to start for Kennesaw State. Uh, you had uh, – you know, uh, he came out with a, what looked like an ankle injury, got it iced up. My understanding he was practicing this week. But Xavier Shepard came in and had great command of the Kennesaw State offense uh, when he was in the game, and I thought they did some good things under him. So I'm not sure, sure um, you lose anything if – uh, Murphy can't start because they're so they're so comparable. Yeah, in my opinion, the only thing that you lose between Murph and X is that just explosive next level athlete that you have in Murph. Because mm-hmm. X is a great quarterback and, and has such a command of the offense, but he doesn't have that next level explosive speed like Murphy does. I mean, Murphy can take it ninety nine no problem, and nobody's catching. Him. Um, X is a great athlete, not taking anything away from him, but he, he just is not to that level yet. And, but to the same point, you gain a little bit with X in at quarterback too, Nathan. With X in, he runs the triple option more like how the triple option is supposed to be ran. Okay. He, he lets the dive work. He gets out to his pitch, man. He, he does such a good job with his reads at such a young age. It's so impressive to me with how much triple option football I've been able to watch over the past few years. Um, but Murph, it, it's kind of, you have a lot more Murph keeps, but that is just because he's so dynamic. He's such a different player. So I, I definitely think X being the backup is like best case scenario. It, it's almost like whenever Trey White was in Chandler Burks was a backup and man, Chandler came in. You didn't, you didn't skip a beat. Right. Dolphins might change a little bit, but you're not skipping a beat. So I, I think Kennesaw is in a pretty good position in the quarterback room especially going into this week. Kyle Glover had 80 yards on the ground. I thought he looked really strong. Nakeem Farrow did some great things. Five attempts, 55 yards, also caught. Uh, we had a touchdown run and a caught a touchdown pass. So uh, they did some good things. Ian Cousins as well getting in the mix. And uh, um, Olu Adelike also with 28 yards on six carries. Um, all of them for the most part, was over five yards per carry. And that's exactly where you need to be for a, a, a spread option type offense. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to something that I love to put into the Miller's must category whenever I'm doing the radio show and the TV is the triple option has to stay on schedule. Mm -hmm. And if you're averaging five yards of carry, that's on schedule and some. So you're right. I mean, that's 
that's perfect. The big thing with them is can't have turnovers, which they did have the interception, you know, for Reinhardt, which really kind of put Reinhardt back in the game. There were so many times in that game, like you said, Kennesaw State, if you were there and watched it, dominated the game. There was no question who was going to win. But there were plenty of times that they had the opportunity to put the final nail in the coffin, and they just didn't do it. Yeah. And that's not something they're going to be able to do this week against Georgia Tech. Yeah. There are a lot of mistakes that didn't get blown up and shown last Thursday night against Reinhardt that if they make these those same mistakes this week will be huge and will change the makeup of this game. Well, you mentioned that Georgia Tech went away from the spread option when Paul Johnson left. Jeff Collins comes in. And here's what Jeff Collins had to say about the Kennesaw State facing the spread option for Kennesaw State. So there, and you guys that have covered this place for a long time are well-versed in uh, how dangerous that offense is, um, you know, what they do, explosive plays, consistent plays. You mentioned it's nine passes, but they're averaging 20 yards a catch. That's pretty impressive, right? So, and they've got good players um, that two quarterbacks played um, and played really, really well. Uh, the fullback, the B-back is a really good player, came close to uh, 100 yards. And all of their slots are very fast, uh, block really well on the perimeter. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of things. We have to have unbelievable eye control, unbelievable discipline, um, all of those things uh, to be ready for, for Saturday at noon. Uh, so just your thoughts there on Jeff Collins complimenting I what think, Kennesaw State does. Yeah, I think Coach Collins honestly hits the nail on the head. He definitely knows what he's talking about. Um, he did a great job of keying in all the big players on the Kennesaw State offense, especially in Kyle Glover, Murph, our A-backs, all of them. I mean, all of our A-backs are so explosive this year, which is something we were kind of missing last spring. So uh, he definitely keyed in. They're going to have to be in the right places. They're going to have to train their eyes because it's, it's such a disciplinary offense. You, you have to be in the right position on defense or else it's a home run threat every play. Coach Chestnut's famous quote is, Every triple option play is uh, designed to score a touchdown every single time. So um, he, he's right. But where I'm curious is, Nathan, is I want to see how they do up front, the front seven on defense and the front five on offense against this Georgia Tech offensive and defensive line. It's going to be very telling of how I think Kennesaw State season is going to play out this year. It all starts up front. And if Kyle Glover can get rolling, that's going to be so impressive to me that our front five are able to really go out and compete against this Georgia Tech defensive line. Yeah, I was really happy that Kyle Glover was able to get two and three and four yards up the middle in the dive. Uh, that was something that Reinhardt actually stopped a couple of years ago. And teams really focus on trying to make Kennesaw State more one-dimensional by forcing them to go to the to the sidelines instead of uh, work in the middle and just di those dive plays that just wear down a defensive line. Yeah, and it a lot of times what was impressive to me is a lot of times you don't see the B-back to really start rolling until the third or fourth quarter or mm -hmm. late in the second quarter because you have to wear down the defensive line. Early in the game, it's easy to sit there and just battle and stuff that B-back dive, but – Kyle Glover got rolling early and often against Reinhardt, which, as you said, made him, you know, it gave us a lot more dimensions, took a lot of weight off of Murphy's shoulders in his first true bona fide start at Kennesaw State, and then helped X out too whenever he came in. So that's something that they're going to have to look to do against Georgia Tech. I don't think it's going to happen like it did against Reinhardt. 
even though Reinhardt's defensive line was very impressive to me how they played. They did not play like an NAIA front seven. No, they looked um, great. Yeah, they they did. They played great. And this Georgia Tech defensive line is going to be even bigger, even more athletic. So I'll look to see it kind of happen if it's going to happen with Glover and, and Preston. Probably later second quarter, late third quarter is when we're going to see that D-line get a little, little drained and start seeing the B-back roll a little bit. On the flip side – Coach Collins had uh, more nice things to say about the Kennesaw State defense. And then defensively, I think they do a really nice job, too. The defense coordinator uh, was with me when I was the defense coordinator at Mississippi State in 2014 when we had the number one team in the country for 10 weeks. Uh, he was there. So uh, you see a lot of similarities. He's got his own uh, unique touches to our scheme. Um, but just, you know, it's one of the top defenses in college football. Uh, one of the top offenses in college football with really good players, uh, and they play really, really hard. And uh, so tremendous amount of respect for them. Uh, Liam, Liam Klein is also on that staff who, when we had the number one recruiting, the best recruiting class, whatever they say, uh, he was the one that replaced me uh, in that same spot. So tremendous amount of respect for Danny, tremendous amount of respect for Liam. Uh, and then Coach Bill O'Hannon was here and has a long storied uh, career and experience and does a great job um, and has built that program the right way. So Coach Collins has re- has a relationship with Danny Verpale, the defensive coordinator for Kennesaw State. Andrew Thacker, who coached linebackers uh, w- for Kennesaw State for a season, is their defensive coordinator. So there's a little crossover in coaches. By the way, I don't, I don't know where they're recording the coaches uh, press conference. Maybe a fountain's nearby, but it sounds like water's running right over his head, but it's not. But uh, anyway, just your thoughts on the, the coaching tree and, and the crossover there. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to um, – it's going to be an interesting matchup because of that, too. There's a lot of – like Coach Collins said, he he's definitely watched this film. He definitely knows what he's talking about uh, going against Kennesaw State, man. It's very impressive to hear him speak on it. Uh, it there's so much crossover. They're going to know what each other likes to do. Every coach, no matter how great you are, no matter how, no matter how many wrinkles you throw in your system, you have your bread and butter key plays. So he's going to know what they want to go with, especially on defense. That's going to help them out offensively with Coach Verpel running that aggressive 4-2-5. He hit the nail on the head. The reason that Kennesaw State's good is because we we base ourselves on having great, fast athletes that run to the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a swarm of owls every time somebody touches the ball and there's a tackle being made. And it's, it's great to watch. So – and I know Coach Thack is going to do the same thing with Georgia Tech. I haven't been able to watch much of their defense. I watched the Northern Illinois game, but I didn't really get to watch him much last year. And, and just based off of how he was at Kennesaw State, I know that's how he's coaching those guys at Georgia Tech as well. I'm going to ask, if, if you love college football, go watch Andrew Thacker's press conference uh, that was released this week. He talks about mentoring the men in the locker room and I almost put it in here. I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch this morning, but I almost put it in here because it was so good. Just a clip of him talking about um, their coach's role in the locker room when they when they fail, and it's it's really really good. Go check it out if you're a big if you're if you love college football, and uh, go watch it. He 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 gave me like that motivation, man. I was fired up about it, and and it's so true. Um, but. Good coaching staff there. I really like it. And I know people are calling for Coach Collins' head right now. Um, you mentioned he changed the culture, but it's got to translate on the field. It did not last Saturday. 
Um, they're calling for his head. They've got a, con- a quarterback controversy. They need to they need to stabilize some things, and I think having an FCS team come in, I think they look at it as a get right game, and I think that's probably could cause problems for Kennesaw State because they've had Georgia Tech has probably had their most intense practice of all camp. Yeah, yeah, I, there's no doubt about it, and, and you you know you I, I saw the same thing from Coach Thack, and that that is exactly how he was at Kennesaw State too. Talk about just a very passionate guy. He loves his job. He loves the kids that he's working for, you know, um, I loved, I, I didn't really get to experience him that much. He was only there for a year and he was mm-hmm. a linebackers coach, but man, the intensity that he brought every day definitely fueled that linebacker room. So I could just about imagine it as a defensive coordinator, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that this could be very dangerous for Kennesaw state. It, it's not like this is a Georgia tech team rolling off of a big win against Northern Illinois. They think, you know, they think the yellow jackets back, this is a team that is struggling to find their identity. And I think that they love coach Collins. They play for coach Collins. And like you said, get right game. This, this could definitely spell danger, but at the same time, we have the Kennesaw state owls rolling off of a performance that was very lackluster against Reinhardt, uh-huh. a, a, a lower division opponent. And you're getting to play the big dogs in the city. Yeah. So they could show out as well. This this is going to be a fun game Saturday, and I'm I'm pumped to call it and watch it. Let's hear what Coach Bohannon said about playing Georgia Tech. Obviously, you're going downtown uh, to play, um, you know, an ACC opponent. Uh, Georgia Tech, obviously, it's the first Power Five here that we've ever played. Um, but I think if the you know you can get into all the the things about them or whatever, but really, it's it's we got we got to go do our best. And it's always been that way here. And I told our kids this, like, our best is good enough. If we can go play our best, it, that'll be good enough. And, and, and that's what we really got to focus on. And, and Vincent Brian Bohannon there, if we just be who we are and, and we're the best us, we're going to go down and beat Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that is licking their wounds from Northern Illinois, and they have Clemson the following week. I think Kennesaw State also, and you touched on it, has positioned themselves in this game to go in and really upset Georgia Tech and probably put a tailspin on Coach Collins' career there as a Yellow Jackets head coach. Yeah, and Coach Bohannon is right. Kennesaw State, with the talent that they've acquired over the past few years, I mean, they they signed kids that uh, FCS program running the triple option has no business signing. The talent there is immense. You can see it at practice. There, There's so much – better, bigger, faster, stronger than the kids were whenever I was playing there. Um, they definitely did a good job of doing their job, which they always told us was out recruiting y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they've done a great job at it. And I, I, I agree. I think that that is going to lend itself an opportunity. If these guys go out and they execute and they compete, it, it's going to be tough for Georgia Tech to hang on in this game because – even though they are ACC, Georgia Tech, you know, new everything, new brand, this is still going to be a dogfight with the talent that's going to be on the put on the field Saturday. And then Kennesaw State running the triple option is the the ultimate equalizer. And just to what to your point, ca- talking to James Miller, the head coach for Reinhardt, um, he said Travis Bell was the best three technique he's seen since he was a player at Virginia Tech. And Travis Bell showed out against Reinhardt, and I think that's a huge compliment for him and bodes well and exactly goes to what you were saying uh, about the kind of players that Kennesaw State have. 
Yeah, and especially Travis Bell. I remember when that kid came in as a freshman, <laughs> a true freshman. I was a senior, and no joke, in camp I was like, uh-oh. I was like, man, th- this is going to uh, spell trouble. I was in the fighting position to be the swing guy on the defensive line, which is ended up what I what – I, it was my position for that year. Uh-huh. I filled in anytime any guy, anybody was hurt and – played nose tackle, I played through technique, I played end, I played rush if they asked me to. And I, I probably averaged, I don't know, like six snaps a game maybe. <laughs> I, I was just a spell guy, you know. And I legitimately thought this true freshman Travis Bell was going to come in and just snatch that away from me as a senior. Thank God that Coach Klein and the rest of the coaches staff decided it was in their best interest to redshirt the kid. But if we're talking about pure talent, he should have been – not a swing guy for us, but probably in the rotation of the starters. Mm-hmm. I mean, just explosive. He, he's a freak, man. He He's so strong and fast. And I'll tell you what, his football knowledge, even at that age, was so impressive to me. He just had such a good feel for the game. Um, he shouldn't be at Kennesaw State. He should probably be somewhere more of like a Georgia Tech or higher ACC level. Um, guy, that, that's kind of what he reminds me of. The only reason here is because he's a little short. Yeah. Um, but that really doesn't mean anything. That, like Coach Collins said, I mean, the kid's a monster. I didn't pick him as my impact player of the week last year for no – I mean, last week for no reason, and he definitely showed out. I, I think he's poised to have a huge year this year, Nathan. Okay, well, let's turn our focus to actually Saturday. It's a noon kickoff. Uh, you'll have uh, the call on the radio and as, as an analyst, Nolan Alexander, and uh, and I'll be out on the sidelines strolling down there trying to get you all some news. Um, looking forward to it. What are your keys? And I don't want to give anything away for the broadcast, but it's kind of your keys for Kennesaw State to go down and upset Georgia Tech. All right. So biggest key is they're going to have to control the line of scrimmage, and that's going to be a big ask for them. But if they went up front on the defensive line and the offensive line, that's just going to spell, you know, it's going to keep them on track on on offense. It's going to keep Georgia Tech from just running it down their throats on defense. It's going to definitely open up a lot of things for Kennesaw State. Number two, there cannot be any turnovers. If you start turning the ball over and giving a bigger, more physical opponent more possessions, that that's just not going to work out very good for you, especially whenever you're trying to go in and cause an upset. And number three, they're just going to have to hang in there and strike late. That, that's how – that's the best way that you see all, most of these upsets happen. I mean, the one that comes to mind to everybody is App State at Michigan um, right. all those years ago. I mean, App State just hung around and kicked the field goal late, and everybody at Michigan was sitting there with their hands on their head going, how did that just happen? <laughs> the old surrender scorpion. Yeah, exactly, yeah. surrender scorpion. And that's, that's what's going to have to happen Saturday for this upset. Um, and I think that this Kennesaw State football team is built to do it. They just have to go out there, and like Coach Bohan said, they're going to have to give it their best, and they're going to have to execute, which is something that I'd be excited to see because, in my opinion, we haven't really seen a Kennesaw State team roll out and execute this past spring or yet this year. Coach Bohannon mentioned that they're still banged up, and and uh, that's a little bit of a concern. But I think my key, 
And I think it is going to be the trenches, but you can't allow special teams to give up those big returns and you can't have a turnover of a, a punt snapped over your head and those kind of things. I think special teams has got to get back to what they do for Kennesaw state. If they want to be competitive, the line is 17 and a half. I think if Kennesaw state is on their best day and Georgia tech's on their best day, I may take that bet. But right now Georgia tech's licking their wounds. Kennesaw state's going to go in and try and upset uh, the yellow jackets and the jackets can't be looking ahead to Clemson because they will get upset if they are. And I think that's going to be a big key and a big aspect of the game of how Georgia Tech comes out and starts. Barkley, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man, and uh, I'm fired up about this game down at uh, on the flats tomorrow at Georgia Tech. Thanks so much for your insight. Thanks so much for your time. And, man, let's go Owls. Yeah, go Owls. Hootie hoo, man. Thanks for having me again, Nathan. All right, Barkley Miller. So it's Kennesaw State and Georgia Tech. We will see what happens next week. We're going to invite Barkley back and try and get Sneakin' Taylor Hinkle on the the broadcast to talk about Kennesaw State football. Barkley, you're the best, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right. Go Owls, go Owls, go Owls. This is McCray Broadcasting Podcast. So long.